Hey, Luminous Warriors, this is Natalie Griffin, the Naughty Shaman, coming at you live from the Naughty Shaman Recording Studios, which today happened to be the beautiful Bethany Bay, Delaware. I'm down here visiting my family, and our family home is here, and you can tell, I mean, look, I wanted to show you the background if you're watching the video. It's filled with a wild uh, wildlife preserve, filled with marshlands and egrets and blue heron and snowy, beautiful creatures that, that perch in trees. Did you know, by the way, blue herons, those giant birds that you see that'll stand in water forever and like pluck out fish and turtles to eat, those birds will actually roost in trees around here. And then, I don't know if you knew this little tidbit, but if you get a group of heron together, it's called a rookery. You get a murder of crows, a gaggle of geese, and a rookery of blue herons. That's a little bit of Delaware uh, fact for you today. But anyway, I'm glad to be joining you. It's windy out, so you're going to hear my papers blowing, and you're going to hear the locusts and the wind chimes, and I hope that my voice is loud enough anyway, because it is a beautiful place to be talking with you today. And I've been getting such great questions from our listeners, and I've got a podcast today that is inspired from Matthew, who's in Utah, and he has been totally checking out the podcast, I've been getting a little boost because our friend Matthew out there in the tribe is a, is a spiritual warrior. He is out there on the front lines. He is, during his day, this is his day. We've been emailing a little bit today and yesterday and this week, but his day job is in, he is in social services and he works to rehabilitate homeless people, to get them back up on their feet. So he's of service all day long in this role. And then in the evenings, he sees private clients and helps them with guided meditation and spiritual counseling. So my man Matthew is on the job 24-7, and his question was so good. It was like, how can I help people go through this awakening process without burning out? He feels at risk of burning out. And how can I support them with these issues that are spiritual but also physical reality as well? And he said sometimes it can be disheartening when there are just so many people struggling to find this peace and this balance between the worlds of spiritual and physical. Oh, Matthew, I feel you. My love, I could make a podcast all day long about the balancing of spiritual reality and physical reality, but I want to answer your first question. This question about burnout is for real. I feel it. I have felt it so many times, and there are so many ways that we can answer this question of burnout. You know, if you're a, if you're a lighthouse, if you're a light worker, if you've been called to be of service in some way, Chances are you're doing it to the best of your ability. You are swinging for the fences every day because a calling and a passion like that doesn't sit still for long. So whether you've gotten training or have natural talents or, or whatever it is, you're, you're probably finding a way in small and in big ways. And the risk that we run is that often we can fall into that trap of what they used to call the cobbler's kids, that the cobbler's kids would run around the streets without any shoes, even though their dad was a shoemaker. So... As these spiritual lighthouses that are providing services, shining light into places for people, providing a safe place for them to learn and grow um, and understand more about who they are, 
then we need to find a way to prevent burnout because we want to be in it for the marathon. You know, we're not in it for the sprint. Like, yeah, I'm going to add some service in the world and be a value while I'm alive. For a couple of years, I'm going to crash and burn and eat haagen for the rest of my life. This is not our bag. This is not what we signed up for. We're in it because we're on mission. We're in alignment with our purpose. We're in alignment with our truth and we want to provide. So I consider that the marathon. So the question really does become, how do we take care of ourselves in this marathon? You know, and you can find a million quick tips about this. And you know me, I'm the naughty shaman. I'm not a quick tipper. But for those of you who want some quick tips, here they are. And then you can tune out if you want to. But for those of you who want to go a little deeper, you can stick around. Here's the quick tips. If you want to avoid burnout, you've got to do something. You've got to do your self-care. You've got to get a SWAT team of people supporting you just like you support everyone else. I've got a coach. I've got a therapist. I've got energy workers. I've got friends. I've got soul family. I've got blood family. I got people. I got people who surround me. I got my kids. They believe in me. Like I have got people who prop me up, dust me off and shove me back into the game. And I'm so grateful because of that. Uh, because without them, I would not be able to stand in the arena for more than a couple of days solo. None of us can do this alone. None of us. It's the greatest myth in, in our in our spiritual realities that we can all be strong enough alone in ourselves and whole. And yes, we are those things, but we are so much better together, my loves. So that's the quick tip. Take care of yourself. Get enough sleep. Get enough rest. Here's another quick tip. You got to make time to play. This is something I talk to so many healers, light workers, body workers, so many people in the service industry forget to have fun. And, you know, we've gotten it in our brains that, you know, the only way to be a good person in the world as a spiritual person is to be deep all the time. And so there can be an avoidance of just goofing around, just sitting out on a windy day with crazy noises and, and letting it rip and maybe jumping into that mud down there to see how the turtles are doing. Just playing, having no purpose or meaning behind it, but just having some fun. Talking about paint colors with your neighbors, looking at deck stains, talking to muggles. It could be the best thing that you ever could do for your life. Just to give yourself a little buoyancy. And then my last quick tip is stay grounded and centered. You got to have some practices to ground and center you. Okay, those are the quick tips. Now, let's get on to the good stuff. Because you know me, I'm the naughtiest. I like to go a little deeper than the average bear. So if we want to play at a deeper level, I think it behooves us, and man, you don't get to use that word as often as you'd like. It behooves us to understand a little bit about how burnout is constructed. So I've burned out. I've crashed and burned and recovered a couple times, two times probably to be exact, and I've done it enough to know now it's better to avoid it at all costs, to avoid burnout. So I like to think of it I don't know if you've ever heard of DEFCON levels. You know, maybe if you're from the 80s, you've heard of like the DEFCON from that movie War Games. But but DEFCON is how they measure military readiness in the U.S. And so, you know, it's one through five. One is, holy crap, it's about to hit the fan. Level five is like, yeah, we're kind of ready. We're cool. So I'm going to go through like the DEFCON levels. <laughs> We're not measuring military readiness here, but we are measuring risk of burnout. So level five, you're all right. You're still trucking along. You're starting to feel some stress. You feel busy and you're coping. And that's like level five, DEFCON. Not a problem usually. Level four at the DEFCON level of, of stress-related burnout, you're starting to feel a little overwhelmed. I, I hear that from people all the time. Like, how can I deal with overwhelm? I'm feeling overwhelmed. And that's like a red flag to me that we're now approaching some of the deeper DEFCON levels of burnout. So feeling overwhelmed and 
I'm going to say punch shots of irritability, like those, God damn it, hit, you know, fist banging on the dashboard because of traffic or those raw at the kids because the socks are still on the floor three days later. Those, those pops of, of irritability are typically a sign that you're now in, in DEFCON 4 and it's time to start paying attention to how you're going to manage this, this stress and this burnout because it's coming for you, honey. So then level three things get a little bit more serious. This is where it starts to get into the body. There's a feeling of constant stress. Even if you're trying to play, even if you're scheduling events at escape rooms with friends, there's this constant nagging stress, like a little dark cloud. I had a client a couple weeks ago describe it as a dark cloud that kind of followed them around. And it was this stress, this undone stuff, this thing that was kind of lurking around behind them. And so the irritability ramps up and also you lose some sleep because the mind starts going, yeah, 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 like on a high RPM thing. So this is like DEFCON 3. In DEFCON 3, your sex drive will tank because stress has now occupied all the happy little synapses in your brain and having fun is starting to fall off the table as a possibility. So is pleasure. So is joy. So we're starting to lose some of our our beautiful experiences as human beings when we get to DEFCON 3. Now, if we've not paid attention up to that point, we can sometimes hit DEFCON 4, which is where we split. We can hit these high places of mania where you're super motivated and and just like, yeah, I'm going. I got so much energy. Your eyes are wide. You're drinking coffee. It's super awesome. And you're filled with ideas and everything's awesome and everything means something. And you're going and you're going and you're going. And then your body is aching. The headaches are coming. The sleeplessness is there. The digestion is terrible. You're feeling off physically because now it's starting to take a physical toll and soon comes the crash, which will often land in something that looks a lot like depression, apathy. It looks a lot like deep and long experiences with the couch, uh, not getting out from under the covers, not showering for days, not um, reaching out to people, for sure avoiding people, avoiding going out, avoiding contact. So that is for sure a signal that you are fast in the hot zone, like warning, warning of total burnout. Now, of course, then uh, DEFCON 1 would be you've got some chronic illness now and possibly a hospitalization or two or a trip to the emergency room. And that is the final two by four before the wheels fall off. And so really understanding the slippery slope of burnout, it can sneak up on you. You might be like, well, I'm just having a bad day. I'm just feeling stress. That is actually on the on-ramp right into burnout. And so really understanding where you are with fatigue, insomnia, stress, anxiety, depression, those are all signals that something is jamming your circuits because there's some imbalance happening energetically. So those are the signs of burnout. I want to talk to you about the naughty shaman's tried and true little steps for avoiding burnout. And these are the deep steps, my friends. So they're not going to sound like steps as much as they're going to sound like a work of art and deep exploration in your soul, which is, of course, my favorite game. So here are the questions that one must ponder if one has answered a calling to be of service in the world and doesn't want to burn out, wants to be in it for the long haul, then you've got to ask yourself about your mentality, your mindset. You've got to ask yourself about how you're looking at things, like what eyeballs are you looking at the world with? What's your perception And what perspectives do you have available to you? And you've also got to take a look at what I like to call the root belief, 
Like what are some of the root beliefs that are causing you, driving you, whipping you forward into this place of burnout? Because a lot of people that I work with are, are hitting burnout mode. They're crashing, they're irritable, they're, they're busting up their relationships, they're busting up their physical health because they haven't been managing it because there are these subconscious beliefs or fears driving them. And I'm going to talk about some of my own because you know how this rolls. We've all been there. Um, none of us are exempt of this as part of the human race. And so one of the questions I like to examine, and these are like the belief hooks that will get you caught in the, in the on-ramp to burnout. So these hooks, one of the things I like to take a look at is, is there somewhere in the repertoire of your brain something along the lines of, well, they are victims of circumstance, victims of life, victims of reality, and I can rescue them. So therefore, I'm going to work twice as hard because they're not going to be able to do it. So if in your belief system there is some root belief of they can't do it, I need to do it, then you're going to get caught. That'll drive you like, like a gas pedal to the floor right onto the on-ramp of burnout, fast and hard. The thing that's very close second to that around this idea of they can't do it, I can, is do we get our self-esteem, our sense of righteousness, of being right by taking care of people and fixing things for them? So if we have derived self-worth from fixing things for other people who we have assessed cannot do it themselves, then we will also be on the accelerated path to burnout. So that belief, that root belief is one of the most derailing beliefs I see. It's common. Somehow we learn it when we're growing up, especially if we've grown up with parents or a family of origin where there was mental illness or addiction and some lack of strength in the original family unit, then some of us get a superhero complex because we learn that we need to be the strong ones and that the people around us are weak and we wouldn't ever say that out loud because it sounds ridiculous but it gets lodged in there in our little tiny brains when we're children and we don't have any other way to cope with it except for to understand it as a truism but it is not true it is simply a belief that we learn so that's belief number one they can't do it so i got to and when i do i'm awesome that's a hook that'll take you straight into burnout land the second hook oh man this is one of my favorite hooks. If I'm not spiritual warrioring, should be a verb. If I'm not spiritual warrioring 24-7, 365, then I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. Like I've got to be in it all the time looking for the meaning, looking for the reason, understanding the planets and what it all. Why is the grass that color there and different over here? Oh my God, a rock just fell beside me. What does it mean? If we're not constantly in spiritual warrior mode, then we're fake. This has somehow crept into spiritual communities all over the world, and I find it harmful. I find it a little bullying to have to be in any role 24-7-365. It eliminates our freedom. It takes away our power. So this idea of that there's a right way to be of service and only one right way I mean, we might as well be back to, you know, some of the, the really heavy dogma of the 17th century, you know? And so I want to give you uh, permission to lighten it up, to lighten it up a little bit. You can totally be a spiritual warrior and watch 
Talladega nights and drink a beer. You can totally be a spiritual warrior and not be vegan, mala bead wearing yogi. You can totally be a spiritual warrior and like spend three days goofing around, you know, finger painting with your kids and not thinking of anything else. These are all ways that we spiritual warrior. There is no one right way. It is only upon us to discover a way that works for us and creates harmony and balance in our lives. So the Nadi Shaman is totally pleased for the love of all that is holy, giving you permission to lighten up on yourself. You do not have to be in hero mode, in service mode all the time. One of the best teachings about tantric yoga that I love is that there is a time to give and also a time to receive. And I find that the healers, light workers, service workers that don't make time to receive the goodness of life are often missing half of life because the universe and the cosmos is making an effort to support you. And if we're so busy giving that we're not making time to receive with the other hand, we're actually kind of taking the gifts of the universe for granted and giving her one of these. We have to receive that so that we can be full and nourished and then give effortlessly. So that's myth number two. If I'm not spiritual worrying 24-7, then I'm fake. I'm not doing it right. That's the hook. It's not real. It's just a belief that sort of dominates in some spiritual communities. And you have my permission to find your own belief around that. The third belief that I see that takes people on this burnout ramp is this idea of that spirit has abandoned these people. They're not connected. They're somehow not right. They, spirit has abandoned them, and so I'm going to fix them. Or these people have abandoned spirit, and everyone needs spirit. So that belief is another It sounds so good, like... These people are not awake, they're asleep, and I'm called to wake them up. Well, if you go in there, my friends, with a tambourine and and a stick, and you're banging on it, trying to wake everybody up, that's a little bullying. What if they don't want to wake up? What if, what if, and I'm going to stretch your minds here, what if they were put here by God, that animating force animates all things that is neither masculine or feminine, God, God is creator, you know the word, what if God? Put these people here to not be awake so that we would have an experience of dichotomy, of light and dark, of up and down, of left and right, of sun and moon. What if those people are the yin to our yang? What if? What if it's all perfect? That perspective can take a deep breath, can give us a chance, rather, to take a deep breath. Like, what if... Only the ones who are called awaken need to be woken up. What if that? What if all we have to do to invite people into the waking up process is simply be our truest self in every moment? What if that? What if we took the pressure off? Sometimes the calling, and put that in quotes, sometimes the calling that people fear feel, they misinterpret as a must fix others because they've been lost what if no one is lost what if every little piece of grass little wind chime tide moon person 
was created on purpose? What if the desires in our hearts were put there on purpose to create this grand and mysterious orchestra of life? What if it doesn't need fixing? What if, here's my favorite, what if our only job is to shine as best we can to clear up our own dusty bits and that's it and show them to people the non-dusty bits the dusty bits show our bits to people who care who care to see them what if that's it and in simply doing that every little ripple of change occurs (laughs) I love that I love that perspective I find it empowering and I also find it freeing And I find it empowering for all because then none of us are wrong and none of us are right. And I think it's that idea of that some of us are right and some of us are wrong that really creates a lot of the problems that we're facing as a culture right now. What if it is what it is and that's all? And we step out of judgment totally. What if? I can imagine. I can dream that dream. I can taste it. Mm, It tastes like honey on the tongue. All right. And my last one is that awake is everyone's goal. And I already talked about that ad nauseum, so I'm going to spare you the grief. But what if awake is not everyone's goal? What if that's it? What if we are a part? You know, there's this amazing section in the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna, you know, Arjuna is the seeker and Arjuna is like, Krishna, you got to show me who you are. I want to know God. I want to know everything. I'm so in love with you. I've devoted my life to you and I want to see you. I want to see your whole face. Krishna's like, dude, you do not want to see my whole face. It's pretty intense. Arjuna's like, please, Krishna, please show me your whole face. Krishna's like, dude, are you sure you want to see this? Like men have died after seeing my face. They've lost their minds. Like it's crazy. And Arjuna's like, yes, I'm ready, please. And so Krishna splits open his being to the entirety of it, all of the darkness and all of the light. And Arjuna's like, ah, put it away. He can only handle it for a few seconds, according to the Bhagavad Gita. Because it is so full that our little tiny minds as human brains have a hard time comprehending the vastness of what God is, what spirit is. But for those of us who have popped through the veils and tasted that oneness, that awakened state of knowing, not reading about, but knowing that there's only one of us here, that I am you, you are me, and we're all the stone and we're all this wind and we're all those sounds and the chimes. There's nothing that is not us. There's nothing that we are separate from. Those of us who have tasted that in our bones have a different way of looking at the world. We have available to us a new set of eyes from a new state of consciousness that people can achieve through mindfulness training, through meditation, through shamanic journey, through sound healing, through all kinds of methods. But accessing these deeper states of consciousness is one path to potential peace. It is one path to potential peace when you see that you do belong just as you are and everything else does too. And all we have to do is continue dusting off the crystal, the little starlight beings that we are. Just keep dusting it off, dusting it off, 
and that that's enough. So let it shine, my loves. Just let it shine and avoid the burnout because when you are shining, people will come and say, let me sit here. Let me sit here next to this light until I find my own light, until I remember my light, until I touch my light. Or let me borrow your light so that I can go into that dark cave with you so that I'm not alone and see what must be seen so I can heal. Your light becomes a very valuable tool in the world for others who want it, who need it. And we want to be of service for those things. It's part of the reason we're here is to support one another in that. And like I said, I surround myself with people who shine. And they don't shine 24-7, 365, but they shine in general. And we all have bad days where we support one another with the light that we're shining. But that is the key. Support yourself with those who shine and can support you in growing. Challenge your beliefs, the beliefs that are taking you down the road of hecticness and chaos and over-service. Check those beliefs and question if you need them anymore. Possibly there's another belief that would suit you better. Thirdly, hold that space of non-judgment for all beings. It stretches our minds because the culture around us is wired for good, bad, right, wrong, them, us, Republican, Democrat, this, that, up, down. Like it, it, we're in a world caught in opposites. And for those of us on this path, where we're aiming is for the middle. We're aiming for the and, this and that, this and that. And in that way, we are creators. We are creating combinations of things that have never been seen before. Things like soulful business and financial security. We're creating things like medical wellness and spiritual health. We're creating things that have traditionally not fit together because many of us now on the planet are craving the and. Because we understand that the time for the or is over. So let's create, my darlings. Let's create. It's been a pleasure. I love talking to you. I love seeing you if you're watching the video. It's so cool. I'm at the beach. So I've got like my beach t-shirt and a bikini. And, and I'll probably make a couple more podcasts in this exact same outfit. Because that's how I'm rolling at the beach this week. Anyway, this is the Naughty Shaman signing off and sending you love from all of us here at Naughty, where we like to keep the sacred a little wild and totally real. <laughs>